Do you know how badly when you talk about um, elephants in the room, I want to attempt an elephant noise? Like really badly. (laughs) (laughs) That was was something from a circus, but it was absolutely. Recorded on March 2nd, 2022. Episode 9, Union of the States. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. I'm Jennifer. Ah, and I'm Pamela. <laughs> and we're here to talk about Ukraine, DeSantis, and a day in the life of a school board member. But first... Which is why we have Jennifer. <laughs> we are here with a special guest, Jennifer Jenkins. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> But first, we need to clear out a couple of elephants from the room. This is where we talk about stuff that uh, we don't want to devote too much time to. First, uh, State of the Union. Am I the only one that actually watched in full? You, you may be. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I read the Cliff's Notes. Um, yeah, and I listened to podcasts. Um, and I'm going to say that I, from what I inferred, a lot of people got really excited about one phrase because they didn't catch everything else he said, which was really great when he's saying, you know, we have to fund the police with resources and training. I loved that. And uh, that was my big moment. Uh, yeah, um, except everyone's now focusing on Lauren Bobart and Marjorie Taylor Greene heckling him while he was about to talk about his dead son. Well, he's just going to stop them. They also harassed him for kissing his grandson on the head while he was burying his son. So Yeah, I also heard build the wall a few times. But the thing is, Biden has a stutter. Mm-hmm. Biden does not have a regular speech pattern. Well, I don't know if you guys realize this, but our guest, the, the school board member, is actually a speech pathologist. There you go. And taught me why he says first all and then doesn't go into other mo- other numbered events when he speaks. Yeah. Um, so I, I assume, obviously, because I am not Biden's speech language pathologist, right. although that would be pretty cool. Uh, that would be an upgrade for sure. But uh, I can assume that he was taught those rote routines to kind of get him back on track. And so when he says uh, number one, number two, and sometimes he repeats the numbers and people mock him for that. Um, typically, that's kind of like a lead in to get you back on track to to start your speech all over. OK, I've, I've heard that it's because your brain goes faster than your mouth and you use those phrases to kind of buffer. Um, there's a lot of research on stuttering, to be honest, and uh, there really is no conclusive evidence. Oh, okay. But but that's like a really good way to explain it to people of kind of how that how the neuro- neurology of it all works. Um, and so, yeah. So, th- you know, giving someone a phrase that works for them, that kind of stops that pattern for them, but just doesn't doesn't make them block and sit there in silence, makes them be more fluid. And that's that's definitely what that is. OK. Yeah. So you watched it. I watched it. When, I watched the whole on, on thing. On the podcast, when I heard the room erupting, was it truly the room erupting with applause and support? Yes. That's the, kind the, of amazing. The Republicans actually did stand up on several occasions more than I thought that they ever would. Good for them. They did not stand up, however, when he said that they need to fund the police more. Hmm. The Republicans uh, didn't? Yeah, the did Republicans not. hate no. the police now. Apparently. Okay. When did, what? Did, how? What well, they do in Brevard County if they're the Indian Harbor Beach police. Yeah, well, and yeah. they do anywhere that they don't politically align with them. But that's bizarre. Where did, what happened to the Indian Harbor Beach? That's another conversation. Yeah, no, they they kept panning the room. Susan Collins was kind of doing the no thing, and she was sitting next to um, Murkowski and Mansion. So wait, I thought the progressives were the ones that were all for defund the police. Why were the Republicans? What have I missed? So defund the police is an absolutely terrible. Yes, it is. It, messaging it, point. It is. And you have to explain worst. your messaging point two years later. It's a bad message. It's a yes. Ba- yes. And really, I, I think that fund the police is a way to say, you know, equip social services right. to handle social problems. Like Jennifer used to say when we were working on her campaign, because when we started her campaign, the biggest concern was guns in the hands of teachers. And she would always say, I respect law enforcement. My father worked at Rikers Island. I just think I respect law enforcement so much. I want them to be able to do their job. So let's pay other people to do those other jobs. Yes. Right. They also, he also touched on a very um, new vet topic. He brought up the burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan, which they all stood up for. So I expect that when there's a bill to help fund their, their help, that the Republicans will actually do something. You know, and I hadn't really drawn the lines connecting the burn pits to Bo's 
brain cancer, but it's quite possibly. There are studies. I mean, my stepfather didn't find out until he had a heart attack in 08 that that could be attributed to Agent Orange exposure. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the Air Force, and I know dudes who, like, lost their sense of smell because of those burn pits. And it's like, losing your your sense of smell is probably the best possible out. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get the bottom of all of that. My, you know, my husband spent... But oh. he basically broke out Build Back Better into each section. Okay. He talked about childcare. He talked about bringing free community college. He he hit every single one. And then he said, this has got a majority of support. I see you guys standing. So let's get to work and pass these things. So Good. for me, I just want to remind people, it is not Biden's fault. It is Mitch McConnell and the Senate's fault and Mansion and Cinema. Don't get me going on those two. After, or I guess before the State of the Union wrapped, the Texas primary you know, was happening. It happened. Yes. Apparently, it, it, it went well into the night in, yes. in two races. Yeah, they have to do a runoff for the attorney general because he did not get 50% of, of the vote. Wait, which attorney general? The state attorney general of Texas. The state's attorney. Yeah. It, isn't, isn't that state the guy general. who was like super corrupt? Yes. So once he the FBI loses, investigated him. Yeah. So once he and he's loses, being challenged by super progressive, right? Or is that well, a congressional seat? Th- this was for Republican primary. Okay, never mind. Okay. But he was running against Gomert and George yes. P. Bush. There's also a Texas congressional race. I don't remember which seat with a uh, the Democratic primaries between a very progressive. Actually, it's not a primary. It's actually I think it's San Antonio. It's going to a runoff because they need the one that got fifty percent of the vote. And it's a super progressive, challenging an incumbent, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with crazy amounts of the vote, when they called it at 92 percent reporting, Beto O'Rourke is the Texas gubernatorial candidate with 499,000 votes. When it was at 92 percent, the second place winner had 16,000 votes. Now we get to go into the huge flip flop and gaslighting effort of Holy several certain Mackinole. Republicans. Who have... I think it's macaroni. (laughs) (laughs) I was floored. Did you guys see the clip from AFPAC? Yeah. Not AFLAC. AFPAC. Oh, AFPAC. For those of you who are familiar, it is the group of people who looked at CPAC, which is the conservative conservative, political action committee. And they said, those people aren't racist enough. Yeah. And so they created AFPAC. (laughs) Oh, not even kidding. Like, who's the guy that was the headliner? What's his name? He's a super white supremacist. And he's the one that literally said, our secret sauce is young white men. Yep. Literally what he said on the floor as speaker at AFPAC. Still not as worse, as bad as what Trump then said and then backpedaled two days later. Oh, no, that's pretty bad because he also went on to say... I should, we should play a clip from that. I don't know. Can you do that later? Like, okay, no, don't do that. I won't. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. Please don't make me scrub through AFPAC speeches. No, I've just got the clip. Just like one little clip. I don't. I don't. No. Okay. Well, you're going to love it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Uh, uh, no, I, I can guarantee you that there's nothing about white nationalism that I love. It is, God, who was his name? Um, Nicholas Fuentes is the white nationalist who said on the floor of AFPAC, which, by the way, one of their keynote speakers was Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a close ally of Bill Posey. You're going to read all this in the Brevard Dems newsletter, which will come out tomorrow. But he I think said, she's a really nice lady, and I want to get to know her. Oh, my God. <laughs> shut up. You are braver than me. He said, my favorite color is green. She's lying. Oh, it is. My favorite color is green, that yeah. I believe. Anyway, she, he said, our secret sauce is white young men. And then he went on to say, I know people talk about diversity is the strength of the country. But look at China and look at Russia. Oh, and can we just give a shout out to Putin? And the whole audience started yelling, Putin, Putin. This is three days after the invasion started. I'm, I'm just like, I, and so what the whole point was the flip-flopping to find suddenly Republicans realize, oh, they're the bad guys and we're the good guys. And maybe yeah. we shouldn't root against the people that we are. Oh, I mean, Hannity Repo- flip-flopped. Yeah, Hannity flip-flopped, but the Republicans are known for the finer things in life, and so it's going to take them a while to stop Putin on the Ritz. But I will say, <laughs> up, I will say for my... I, I really like you. <laughs> I really like you. For my friend, my the few Republican friends that I actually follow on Facebook, all of them are pro-Ukraine. 
and are actually speaking loudly for the people of Ukraine. I mean, that's great. Um, yeah. Let's be honest. It's like, very been, great. I've been hoping to find something that we could be uni- united on. And when the Republicans figure out we're united, of course, they'll be against it again. You know, and I thought it could be, I don't know, a global pandemic that, is, that killed 800,000 Americans already. 900,000. 900,000. Okay. But, but hey, if it's this, you know, because this one, they don't actually have to get involved in and don't have to get their yeah. hands dirty. I guess we can switch to... Should we move about, on to our body? Move out on of our body. elephants? Yes, yes. So yes, we can go straight into Ukraine. Ukraine and not so, my crane, Ukraine. Uh, uh, yes. So by the way, I do want to apologize for a couple things. I want to apologize for myself because I had to edit out every single time. I didn't say Ukraine. I said the Ukraine. Right. It used to be called the Ukraine. It, yes, because it was a region of the USSR. It was. If you were listening to last episode, you know, and, and you realized. That that guy, he's saying the Ukraine, and he's trying and failing to edit that out every single time. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> so it was the Ukraine when it was a part of the USSR. Yes. And, and now it's just Ukraine. It hasn't been the Ukraine since 1991 or two. Yeah. Okay. And so it's Ukraine. And it's not Kiev. It's Kiev. Kiev. I kind of have a really big crush on their leader. Everyone I, you know, has a crush on Zelensky. Yes, yes, they do. I mean, I don't, uh, maybe Putin does too. Maybe that's why he wants to be there. He has a man crush. Man crush. But I will say the reason that I wanted to like lead in is that with the Russian economy falling apart and the sanctions and Russia being cut off from platforms writ large, I've noticed that there has been a whole lot less of that conservative amplification. Have you noticed how the trucker convoy has pretty much yeah. died? Yeah. There is no support. There is a truck. Yeah. And there was... I mean, we probably shouldn't be talking about this because Bill Posey and his pals are going to hear this and go, oh, wait, we have to get people again. And they're going to start saying some stupid stuff. No, they're going to say, hey, we have to get Russia connected up to the internet again because we need Twitter followers. Right. We need the trolls. Twitter's been so quiet. It you has. are so right. It the is trolls amazing. Trolls just died up. Trolls are silenced. Last wow, week, we should have slapped these sanctions a long time ago. It is amazing. Last week, you couldn't talk about sanctions. Like, they had a key term search. And it would be like, I can't sanction this behavior, as in I can't approve this behavior. Right. And you would get someone in being like, no, sanctions hurt the people. You can't target sanctions. It's like, I'm not even talking about that, you troll. Go away. <laughs> so he did. Went away. They went away. That's great. So, I had not even thought about that. But I do know that they're already starting the misinformation in Russia. They're requiring oh, yeah. children to be taught about the what, invitation. Yeah. The Ukrainians being Nazis. Led yeah. by a Jew. Yes. Whose family was killed in the Holocaust. Well, mm-hmm. to be clear, the whole idea of defining Nazi as only being people that annihilate. I mean, yeah. the, the Holocaust will never, nothing will ever compare to the Holocaust as far as horrors and atrocities. Yeah. I mean, nothing will compare to the Holocaust, right. but Putin is trying. Yeah, right. I think Putin's trying to one-up Stalin. That is a big oof for me there. Yeah. Stalin killed about, what, 30 to 40 million of his own people? Okay. So for those of you who, I don't know, have been under a rock for the past two weeks, I'm not going to say Russia invaded Ukraine. I'm going to say Putin sent his troops to invade Ukraine, and he initially sent them on a 15-day excursion. Yeah, just today, like three hours ago, I read about how Ukrainians captured combat orders and they said this operation will be over in 15 days. Uh, 75% of Russian troops stationed at the border have deployed. And this was a buildup of over a year. This has been going on for a while. Right. And they've depleted 75% of that. So they expected this to be a 15-day operation, which is why... So they don't really have what they need. They have, last. they have no logistical support. Right now. Right. And so all of Russia is scrambling. There were, back when Russia was still connected to the internet and still able to troll, uh, there were leaks of documents of Russia essentially saying, are you willing to go to the front as a medical personnel? We will pay you to go. So they were looking to backfill medical. And that's the type of thing that you would want to do before you attack. Right. So they were expecting this to be a quick capitulation. And it hasn't. They weren't been the expecting case. to see eighty-year-old grandmothers on the ground learning how to fire their weapons. They they were expecting all those Molotov cocktails. They weren't right. expecting to see a president they, armor up. They were expecting to fight the last war in 2014. I'm not going to say the Ukrainian infrastructure, but Ukraine's communications infrastructure 
was so bad that people had to use their private cell phones and cell phone coverage wasn't even good enough that they could like, you know, text message to, to get messages out of the region. They had to throw their phones up in the air and hope that the message would send. That was how bad comm infrastructure was. Uh, the Crimean rebels, funded by Russia, raided Ukrainian warehouses expecting to find resources. They expected to find radios and tanks and stockpiles of ammunition. And they found that it was all in such bad disrepair that none of it worked. So you think that Putin thought that it was going to be that much of a walk in the park? They thought it was going to be a yeah. cakewalk. They missed would have out. been nice had Trump not withheld the aid that we could have been giving to Ukraine two years ago. Uh, if only we would have impeached the guy for that. Yeah, oh, oh, wait. We did. <laughs> well, okay, so our next topic. He's pretty late. <gasps> did you yeah. hear what he said today to the yes! USF? That's did why you say he's this. pretty white. He's pretty light. Yeah. Yeah. Double chin DeSantis. Super light. Yeah. Okay. What did he do today, Shelby? Oh, my God. He went to talk in front of a group of students. These students were masked. It was at USF. It was at USF High School. The students were masked. Which is a choice because there are no mask mandates in the state of Florida. They were also minorities. He tore into them. Take those off. Stop trying to do the So we have to stop this COVID theater. Yes. I think it's important to point out, too, it actually, it wasn't all the students. Uh, The clip I saw was two. Well, there were Um, like five behind him. Yes. And two took their masks off. Well, there one just stood there super uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to take my mask off. At some point, though, they weren't all wearing them. And when he made that comment, um, which was ridiculous and orchestrated clearly and thought of before he walked on the stage. And obviously, there were minorities behind him. But now DeSantis decided that the next issue's after masking, because masking couldn't stay forever. Is it maskne? <laughs> yeah. It is now. My daughter has acne. Don't make her wear a mask. Now we're on Stop Woke, Don't Say Gay. And these wedge issues for education are the newest platform that he's trying to get reelected on. When you have to use a term like woke, yeah. To pass your legislation, right. I think you need to be a little bit embarrassed about yourself. Yeah. That would require that these people feel shame and are <laughs> capable of self-reflection. And they don't care. Oh, God. Because obviously all their kids are in the best private schools that they can buy. Well, I mean, DeSantis' kids aren't even in school because they're too young. If he doesn't win re-election, can we please make a video of woke me up before you go-go? <laughs> And send it to him immediately. Yes, yes. Can I just say something really? You may. Gay. <laughs> oh, let's all say. What are you saying? Should we say gay? Gay. Wait, gay. did you just say gay? I think I did say gay. I said gay. Are they going to come arrest me now because I said gay? I don't gay? know, but I said gay. You said gay. You said it first. Stop Woke was in front of the Senate. It hasn't been signed in a law yet, right? No, it's been taken out of the committee. So I guess the next thing is for the Senate to vote on it. And, and they then will. they'll sign it into law. Well, the don't say gay bill, I know there was an amendment being added. We talked about this, but we don't exactly. A Republican actually had added an amendment that would make it less hostile to LGBTQ students. And the Republican Senate, which we actually thought the state Senate, like they're the grownups in the House, they voted the amendment down. Right. So that amendment was uh, taking out that piece where teachers would have to out LGBTQ students if they tell them that they are about their sexual orientation or their gender identity. Um, I thought that piece did go through. No, so that was part of the amendment that that failed. Oh, so it ended up did going. It did. So they are now, or is it the timeline? They don't have six. They can wait longer than six weeks. So the amendment was saying that piece would no longer exist. The teacher would no longer be required to tell parents about that. Um, And then that amendment failed. Meaning, now. What, as it stands, if it passes and it gets signed into law, teachers will have to out their students. We are required to tell their parents. Yes. So, oh my God. as I said, if little, and this is how, I, because I think people, the voters tend to, they just don't get it, right? Pe- people that think this is a good thing. People like Katie Campbell, who honestly believes that if a child thinks that they're gay, the world is coming to an end and we should not affirm that because we don't want them to think that something's wrong with them. Does that sound like a direct quote, sort of, kind of? If Adam came to me, if I'm a second grade teacher, and Adam says, ooh, I have a crush on Eve, I don't have to tell Adam's parents that Adam has a crush on Eve. But if Adam comes to me and says, I have a crush on Steve, I as a teacher am required to tell his parents that he said that. Yes. 
Well, and seven, if those parents find out that you did not tell them, they, they can, can sue, sue you. The school board or the teacher? Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't it's read the school it board right now, but yeah. I would assume it's probably the school board based off of how things work now in the legislature. Um, but the narrative in the media and from the legislators themselves is the teacher. The well, I mean, honestly, if you sue the school board, you're suing the teachers because, well, yes, school board's and, the school board, and typically the school board is going to represent. Them. I truly don't believe that any of these legislators really care or believe those things. I, I think they're just using it for their political gain. And um, it's disgusting. Yes. And because... I think we need to stick with that. I think we need to stick with that conversation of you don't even care about this. You're just driving this narrative to yeah. benefit yourself. I yeah. think there are some, there are true ideologues, but I do agree with you that the ones that are pushing- The ones that are making true. those laws yeah. though and pushing those bills are not, are not they those don't people. Care. No, right. they are not. They are, they are using those laws to consolidate their power at the risk of othering people. And having been to the school board meeting where as we walked in, we were spit on. I was called a pedophile for supporting. I, I mean, and I was like, I wasn't wearing a rainbow, but I was, you know, wearing purple. I'm supporting LGBTQ students, screamed at, cussed at. And, and all I could think was, if these parents have children who are struggling with their sexual identity, they have no place to have that conversation. No. And, and by the way, there would only be a struggle because at home, they're basically being told that even having that thought means that they're pedophiles. And they're going to hell. You know, the biggest thing for me when it comes to the school board and these parents coming to the podium and saying, Parents, parents first, parents have the rights. We need to know, you know, ultimately, if you're that good of a parent, your child wouldn't have been coming to their teacher right. first. And you really needed to have a big self-reflection moment with yourself to understand why your kid didn't come to you in the first place. And maybe parents' rights come with parents' responsibilities Absolutely. to be that parent. On a local level, because, you know, I'm always trying to bring it back to locals. So I had this epiphany today. You all know that Jennifer is our local state representative's favorite target. And... This is actually, I think, because I keep getting private messages from a, a fake profile that I'm 90% certain is Randy Fine. It's 99.9%. Um, 99.9%. And he keeps saying, just, she could make it this all go away. Just tell her to resign. Like literally. And I said, that sounds a lot like extortion. She could make it go away, tell her to resign. And he's literally said that again recently to the Florida Today. Didn't he say that in that, yep. that if she was just resign? And I think they're really hoping you would resign yes. so that Ron DeSantis can replace you. Mm-hmm. And then they can get Mark Mullins fired. And it's really all because he hates you for petty, stupid reasons and because he hates Mark Mullins for stupid reasons. Um, yeah. Can so you imagine making state my policy? That right. I, can you imagine making in. state policy about something that petty? Yeah. I mean, not That's all insane. conspiracy theories are crazy. A conspiracy- well, it's like Kissinger said, just because they're paranoid doesn't mean they're not talking about you. Yeah. Just because there's two or more people out to get you doesn't mean it's not crazy. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like that we have flogged the puffy one. He is so puffy. He is puffy. I, I don't get it. And it's to like, think he's from our generation can really kills Can we just kills talk about a Naval Academy his commercial? Like, I feel like we don't talk about that. Which enough. one? The one that he did in 20? 20... I don't. I yeah, don't. like when he was running and he was building the wall of blocks. He loves building like, with like, Oh, my God. Like I couldn't children. stand that, that wall. I feel like we need to keep bringing that one back. Yeah. Because when you watch it, it's just... It, it's it's aged so well. It's so good. Like, I feel like one day, Olive, she's five. I feel like 15 years from now, she's going to she's gonna Google her, what, that. What, her name is Madison. And they're all M's. <laughs> and no, that's my daughter. Olive. Okay, sorry. She's going to Google that. And she's going to be like, this can't be real. This is a joke. And this is a kid who watches, you know, mystery eggs cracking for fun. But this terrifying yeah. thing is while watching those commercials, remember we used to joke about, laugh about them. We thought, oh my gosh, this guy thinks he's, and he won. Well, they kept like, playing them because they were so comical. And he got free press because I saw him on Good Morning America. But the reality is we live in a county, in a state, where people hang Nazi flags off overpasses. Yes. He doesn't say that that's a bad thing. So no. honestly, the reality is enough of his base likes that kind of stuff. I think the biggest problem, too, is, you know, being someone who moved to Florida, um, I and think question the wisdom of that ever since. <laughs> no, yes. no, I'm happy where I am. I love my, I love my little. I love my, I love I, my backwards county. Unfortunately, I, I truly believe the only reason he won is, is, and you've said this about local politics before, Pam, in certain districts, but people were comfortable and people, their life people didn't suck enough. Their life didn't suck enough. Exactly, like they didn't see how shit could get. You know, nobody. Oops, I don't know if you had to flag that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they don't understand that 
the ease of their life could be so complicated by politics because it wasn't happening here right in front of their face. Right. I, and I understand that that's also because of national politics being um, exaggerated and and, you know, here he is now trying to battle Donald Trump. I think that's a big role. And I, and I am very curious. I understand, you know, in history, taking out an incumbent is really, really difficult. But yes. I, I also think that piece is really unique to our state and, and our time period and our generation to see what might happen in this next governor election, because people are awake, people are paying attention, and, and a lot of disgusting things are happening in the legislature right now. And I've said it before, you know, this don't say, don't say gay bill is going to bite them. I won't oh, yeah. say it, Jamie. You won't have to flag it. I'll watch my language. Bite my butt. In the butt. In the booty. <laughs> um, because I say it a million times. No, no. Republicans are gay too. Yeah. Yes. And Republicans have gay daughters, sons, brothers, sisters, friends, mothers, everybody. They may not talk about it loud and proud, but they're not going to be happy about the legislation that you're passing. We have to do a better job of telling the voters that conversation and the voters who say, I don't care. Gas was cheaper. Uh, my taxes are low. I, I just I just keep saying, especially when they talk about the national conversation. So I'm glad to know that our democracy's price tag is $1.50 extra per gallon of gas. That that's yes. what you think our democracy is worth. Right. And the same thing with this. If you think that, that these lives of these children are worth you having no state income tax, well, I think you should really examine that. Still, it's just, it is, um, we have to do better at just letting people know what's happening on the state legislature level and what their governor has been actively advociding for. Instead this, of this, they don't, the, the anti-woke bill was his dream. It wasn't something oh, that yeah. they came to him and said, hey, will you sign this? It was all his dream. And do they not think about the fact that anti-woke means stay asleep? Right. Yeah. While calling us sheep. To be not affected by politics is a position of privilege. Correct. Yes. When we have a whole bunch of people who are suddenly affected by politics for the very first time, they are feeling what it's like to not be in a privileged position. And oh, I hate to break bolt that the non-privileged people have been feeling this for centuries. Yes. Well, and that's also why the voter suppression laws on the state level, those voters are the ones that are feeling the pain that are that are more likely to vote against what's happening if they vote. So let's make it harder for them to vote because, you know, those of us that live where we live or whatever, like I, I constantly say, they're like, you know, they walk outside, the grass is still green, the sky is still blue, my air conditioner still runs, Bill Posey must not suck. <laughs> and that's what they're hoping. They're hoping, well, one, we're going to have a less voter turnout this year because it's the governor. I want to comment on something that Jamie said, though. You know, when you're talking about people that are comfortable and privileged because, you know, their lives are good and they don't realize that politics are affecting them. But I think that's, again, it's a, it's a bigger conversation, right? So, you know, I think it's going to take years for this political divide to die down. But it, I think primarily it's because these people who, you know, we so lovingly label Trumpers, so many of them have become so extreme because they they weren't involved in politics. And all of a sudden it is affecting their lives. They're being told the wrong things that are affecting their right. lives. Right. And we do see here in the Democratic Party in Brevard, every month you get new members to those meetings stepping up and saying, I, I used to be a registered Republican and I've changed my party because it's they're finally realizing um, that they that they got ignited and engaged for the wrong reasons or maybe reacted and went the wrong way first. Um, and they didn't digest the information enough and see how it really affects their lives on a daily basis, especially when it comes to local politics. So. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch like the next three to four years. The day in the life of a school board member. First, Jen, thank you for coming and joining us tonight. You're yes, welcome. you are. You are our hero. Or Shiro. Yeah, pretty much. Thanks. Well, and of course, we've got the most I, I'll tell you, because I was Jennifer's campaign manager, which is how we became friends. Um, I paid you a lot. And yes, yeah, so I want to raise if we ever do this again, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think like 40 percent. That would still be zero dollars. Yes, it would. that's okay. You don't um, even pay her in wine? her money. No, I didn't even she pay her. She paid me in wine. Don't even think. She I was, might have bought her a glass. She bought me plenty of wine because we needed okay. plenty. But when Jennifer came to run, it was like for boring school board issues. Actually, it wasn't boring. Her opponent wanted to arm teachers in our classrooms. And that was just like Jennifer was and, and wouldn't give teachers the respect and money that they deserve. Don't get that me was started it. on that. And we really... I wasn't sure we'd win. I felt pretty good about it because that was a strong issue. But I knew I'd win. Ew. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do I want to talk about how many times you would call me crying and saying, what if I don't win? But that was like, shh, because we were afraid they would arm teachers. Yeah. And then COVID happened. 
Oh God. And you still were like, you know, it's still just a matter of conviction. You you knew that our students needed to be safe. It's so funny that people think this was like a political move. She, from the very beginning of COVID, when it was unpopular, said our students need to be safe. In fact, all I, the recall school board conversation, they're making it sound like they want to be able to recall you because, and they're actually putting an exception saying, because you don't like the way somebody votes, but you can't vote. You can't recall anybody in the state of Florida because you don't like how they vote but they want to make school board that because they make health decisions involving our children. But you know, I'm going to tell you that recall happened in August of 2020 because all I had to say to anybody at the door was, this is Jennifer Jenkins. She's running for school board. Her opponent wants to arm our teachers and open schools with no mitigation strategies whatsoever. I said that behind my mask and they were like, when do I vote? Yeah. Nobody was surprised. The people that voted for you were not surprised that you wanted to Well, I mean, mandate. legitimately, I would knock on doors, which, you know, we've documented how many doors I knocked on, which was like over 3,000 <laughs> yeah. Just me, myself, as yeah. a, my individual self. Um, but I would literally knock on doors, and the majority of comments would be, do you want masks on students and teachers? And I'd say, yeah. And they'd go, cool, I'm voting for you. And yeah, the so, conversation so, would stop. <laughs> it's not like anybody that voted for Jennifer was surprised no, when she consistently surprised. said, I want a mask mandate. And she won that race where we are outregistered as Democrats. By She won that race by 10 points. So saying that like they got some, they didn't get what they bought. In a primary. Those voters bought what they got what they bought. They bought a masker and that's what they got. Like nobody was surprised by that. My husband lovingly calls me the mask queen. The mask there you go. Queen. You also do a lot of facial masks at home. I do. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Got to do self-love. It's been been a rough year. It's been a rough year. So is, how has this been different than what you expected it to be? Oh my God. How, I think the better question would be, how has it been the same? How has it been the same? I do love it. There's been like three school board meetings. You ready for school board to be boring again? Yeah, exactly. Um, There's been three school board meetings where um, they were super boring. Um, And that's exactly the same thing I would have expected, but. um, We should make cats that M-S-B-B-A. Make school Make boards school boring, board boring again. again. That's, yeah, that's great. Like the, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yes. I mean, we'll do that for those uh, those candidates coming up. We can do that as a fundraiser. Yeah. Or I mean, can. that's like uh, what I was going for like back in 2018. MPBA. Make politics boring again. Yeah. 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 I um, one of the first things I said to the superintendent was um, it was about two months in. I sh- I just said, Dr. Mullins. Can we just have a meeting about air conditioners being broken? <laughs> and he just started dying laughing. And so because um, he I mean, he feels the same. So I do have a question with what you have been through and it has been through you have been through a should a we time. let her like encapsulate a little bit of this <laughs> protest outside your house to when you supported LGBTQ guidelines and then again with masks of the mask mandate that we re, that you reinstated the mask the mask policy that was written under your predecessor that you reinstated but they protested at front of your house for that vandalized your property filed a fake DCF Department of Children and Families complaint against you follow which me took 30 to seconds and from to my prove. car when I go to meetings not only school board meetings but other meetings in the county uh park beside my home when I'm at a school board meeting and my husband's home alone with my daughter Drive slowly back and forth in front of my front front door. Um, accuse you just of having to an affair me. because you have a friend. Oh, yes, who's accuse me of having that. an affair. Yeah. Create a website. Follow me with a private investigator uh, that I clearly saw. And by the way, first of all, if you were having four, if you were sleeping with forty people simultaneously and your husband was watching and videoing, that would not affect your job as a school board member. But the reality is, you're not. Mm-hmm. As someone who has contemplated it in the past and is contemplating it in the future. Would you recommend running for school board? Absolutely. I've said to candidates that have come to me asking about running, um, fearful that these things are going to happen to them. I, I don't believe they're going to happen to them. I think I, I think I am truly a unique circumstance. Um, you know, it's been so long and complicated and just never ending that people have forgotten how this started. And it really started the day I was sworn in. Um, the, you know, I think they kind of laid off I, that meeting. It was, it the, started during the election process itself. When somebody walked up to one of your volunteers, that identified herself as Wendy Fine and said, I just voted for Jennifer Jenkins. My husband is voting for Jennifer Jenkins because of her mask stance. I'm going to say it if you're not. Yeah. Cause legally I'm not allowed to say that. Um, and, uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, the second school board meeting is when, uh, all of a sudden these women in their blue Navy blue shirts saying moms for Liberty on them came and they would point at me and talk about me and say my name directly and just banter about anything I said or said and did. 
Um, it was a personal vendetta. It's ridiculous. Uh, and the co-founder, Tina Deskovich, is the one who started that. She couldn't get over the fact that she lost her election and she lost it so badly um, and that that was all over uh, state media, actually, at the time. And I, I'm sure that probably insulted her pretty badly. That'll never happen to other people. Will there be chaos and you'll have to deal with the public and, and the Moms for Liberty? Probably. But um, they're obsessed with me. They've had multiple Facebook pages dedicated to me. They email me on a regular basis. They send postcards to my house. I see them out. I was trick-or-treating with my daughter. They were screaming things at me while I'm trick-or-treating. Um, this is a personal vendetta, not only from Moms for Liberty, but from a state representative himself, who has also now tied himself to Moms for Liberty. This is not something that would happen to anybody else. But I don't regret it. I would never resign. That's what makes me laugh is they keep trying to, they think they're going to persuade me to resign. Um, for two reasons. Number one, that is not my personality. Um, and if you haven't learned that by now, clearly you need some uh, comprehension skills uh, remediation. But um, but also because I don't care. Ultimately, I'm not going to pretend it doesn't affect me. Of course it affects me. I mean, I've had really dark days. It's been really hard for me and my husband and my family. But but I don't care. It doesn't change who I am as a person. It doesn't change why I did this. I still go out into schools and see the kids and I still see why I did what I did. Why did you do what you did? Um, I mean, ultimately, I I was running uh, because of the teacher salary battles we were having because Ms. Deskovich was the chair of the school board at the time. And I believe that the way she was controlling those those conversations were uh, derogatory, demeaning, demoralizing. And it was so confusing to me why there was no educator representation up on that board. Yes, there were past educators, but they absolutely were not educator representatives. And it blew my mind. And I just decided I can't do this anymore. I can't sit in my office and complain with my colleagues and talk about how terrible I'm being paid, how terrible my husband's being paid, how I have to check my bank account on the 13th of the month and the 29th of the month and make sure I don't have to move stuff over from my savings. Um, you know, I have a five-year-old right now. At the time when I was running, she was three. And I had told myself every year, because we get paid so poorly, every year I would add a year of Florida prepaid for her college education. It was about $50 a month uh, to get four years of university by the time she was four years old. And I couldn't do that because I couldn't, I couldn't commit to an extra $50 a month, which is so sad and sounds so minuscule to people. Yeah. Um, but it's true. I couldn't. I couldn't commit to a $200 bill every single month at that time mm -hmm. in our lives. I, I mean, I still can't. Honestly, I only have three years in there. Um, and I thought, this is sad when a household of two educators can't even make a decision to prepare for the future education of their own single child. We've got a problem. And so I stepped up and, and I ran. And um, I, I commend anyone who's thinking of doing it. I truly believe things are going to change. And I have to say this ultimately, especially here locally in Brevard, if you don't run, if I didn't have people running... I can't sit there anymore. Right. Um, there's five of us. Yeah. I am. I have no power as an individual, no matter what people think that I have. Um, if there's no common mindsets or at least people willing to hear any anything of a opposition to such a global national conversation, nothing will get done. And, and, and I'm essentially useless um, if nobody's willing to step up and run. And you can't lean on me. You can't lean on me to be the savior if no one else is going to be willing right. to be up there with me. And when you were talking about everything that happened to you, right? I, I hate that very phrase because it sounds so disempowering and so weak. All the things that people did to you. Yeah. Um, nothing happened to you. It's not like a rock fell on you. People set out to create things and make them about you. And I watched it. And it was purposeful. But when that happened, when those people did that to you, um, I think the trigger for most of the the right wing, not even far right, the moderate right wing, the Republican elected officials temper came because what happened was there was a, the National School Board Association had asked the Department of Justice to look into Moms Liberty and other groups and the, the, the atmosphere of terror they were creating in our school boards. And the Florida School Board Association what sent a letter saying, oh, we don't need you to do that. And you came to my house and, and a school board member wanted to put a resolution on the school board that night. You got heard about it Tuesday morning, wanted to put a resolution forward saying we support our state school. We don't need Department of Justice looking at our parents. We stand by our parents. And you came to my house and you, you I've never seen you so broken. You were just like, of course they think that because they don't have people doing this to them. And so we talked 
and, um, and, and figured out the best way for you to clarify what you were trying to say. And that night in the school board meeting, you said, I remember this vividly, actually the words you used were, I don't um, re- re- reject. You said, I don't reject. And I was thinking, you know, don't object to people being in front of your home. Cause you don't, we've talked about this a lot. You know, you hate it. You think it's awful. You think it's stupid. You yet think you, it's mean. Yet you stood up and said that you were against the proposed bill. Right. And so there's a reason. Yeah. So you said you don't object to people standing on private property, public property in front of your home, as long as they're not on your property. Mm-hmm. First time it happened, of course, there was no delineation as far as what was private and public. We had to go to the, the, the police chief who said, I don't know where your property starts. That's all another conversation. So anyway, you said, I don't object to that. What I object to is, and then you listed all these things that you and I knew that very few other people knew had happened, including the DCF complaint and um, made those other people on that day a super uncomfortable. Well, while that was happening, unbeknownst to any of us, like we had no idea what was happening. Jennifer's driving home that night. And she's like, I got a call from Lawrence O'Donnell. I'm like, and of course, here's how really clued in we are. We're both like, who's Lawrence O'Donnell? <laughs> <laughs> We just aren't Shh, don't tell people that. So, um, and in fact, I'd gotten a <laughs> and text, Don Lemon, right? And yeah. I'd gotten a text during the school board meeting from the county chair for Orange County saying, "Do you happen to have Jennifer Jenkins' personal contact info?" I'm like, "Why, yes, I ran her campaign." Um, and I said, "Why?" And he said, "Well, Lawrence O'Donnell's team wants to talk to her." I'm like, "Okay, whoever that is." So, and we still like for three days had no idea how this happened. That there was a video of that school board meeting where Jennifer was saying all of this. It went viral on Twitter. I shared it. Well, it's, so millions. It was hugely viral. And but we're like, where did this come from? Nobody knew. It's funny when I was uh, so during that meeting, you know. Well, well, circling back, I think it's yeah. a really important thing that you brought up. And so um, I hadn't shared all the things that were that was happening to me to. A lot of people um, I show obviously the things that they couldn't couldn't avoid, like the protests and right. things like that. Um, those were out there. Uh, the protests that happened in September, I documented on my Facebook because I was instructed by law enforcement to do to take pictures and videos. And so I, I put it out there before a state representative could lie about it um, and the vandalism. But I didn't talk about the DCF claim. I didn't talk about a lot of things. People following me, parking next to my home. Um, you know, we had I had security at the school board tell me to duck behind the dais because it's bulletproof. Um, I was told how to go to a, like which restroom to use when I was at a school board meeting. I had to literally be escorted to my car every time a school board still meeting are. was over. And I still am. I never asked for that. Uh, the, the security increased when we were there. You know, there was so much that people didn't know about because I just you know, it's weird. It's weird being forced to be a victim and 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 being comfortable being that victim and talking up and 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 speaking out and standing up for yourself. But then there's this fine line of allowing those people to feel like they have the power to make you that victim. And what's hysterical is they keep trying to call you a professional victim and you kept this to yourself yeah, for, for months. months. And yeah. so there was a guy across the state, Ron Filipkowski, who tracks far right activity in school boards across the state. And he had heard something might he used to work for DeSantis. Account. Yeah, he did. He resigned from DeSantis. He just could not take it anymore. And has made this is, is like his own version of uh, the Lincoln Project. And I don't know what, why he thought something could happen to Brevard. He didn't know anything about you, didn't know about me. Had no idea what we were talking about that night. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was just watching the Brevard school board meeting and went, holy cow. So you don't have to like that. And hit record. And then he he sent it out initially and said, I've never asked anybody to retweet anything. And because he used to work on the DeSantis staff, he's followed by a lot of producers. Right. They all saw it. And that's how everything happened. You didn't seek out national attention. I didn't seek out national Dear attention for you, right? <laughs> and so it, it was a scenario that they created, an environment. So by decided to make you a target, things people were doing to you, and it got national attention. You know, it's interesting, too. I think, um, I again, I don't I don't share a lot of this stuff that happens um, in the background, but I, because we're talking about it, I want to share it. So that day when that, when that proposal was brought up, uh, I sat with the superintendent, has been incredibly supportive, just as a human being to me, you know, not, not like politically or on any positions or anything, just as a human. And I cried. I cried over lunch with him for about 30 minutes because I felt pressured to reveal all the things that I didn't want to talk about 
And I explained to him, if this proposal goes forward and I have to reject it on paper to somebody listening, it makes no sense why I'm rejecting it. Uh, and I have to explain why. Um, and that's what that's what made yeah. me tell my truth that day. And no, most of the people on that dais had no idea the things that were happening to me and they and they were blindsided by it. Um, but yeah, you know, going on national media to talk about it was really difficult, too. I'm not going to pretend it was easy. I'm not going to pretend I enjoyed it. Um, I, I believe I have trauma from all of those experiences. I, I don't pretend that I don't. And talking about them over and over again was helpful in many ways, but also not very yeah, helpful in many it. ways. I have to relive it. Um, but I believe that it's important to to speak about the terrible things that are happening, especially when I know that they're orchestrated by fellow legislators here. Um, and I have evidence to prove that. Um, I think it's important for somebody to stand up. And you know what? I've already took the hits. And so I have no problem continuing to take them and just um, do what I can to be be loud and proud and talk about the truth. I do have friends in Seattle, Washington that saw that clip. And I'm like, that's my county. <laughs> you know, I got, I'm not even kidding, like thousands of emails. I got things in my mailbox from people from other countries, um, you know, people from Canada and Germany. Um, it was crazy. It was totally crazy. But it was, it was, it was fulfilling and it made me feel, I was already supported by my community. Right. I, I really believe the majority of my community supported me. They were all wonderful and great. That minority was just so loud, loud and vicious and proud. And that's the problem with them. Yeah. The squeaky wheels. Yeah. Yes. But you're still glad you ran. Absolutely. You're still glad you're serving. Yeah. And what is it that you find the most fulfilling today as a school board member? You still haven't gotten the raises, but you did get the bonuses. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, even when I was running, I understand that raises are not necessarily tied to our school district themselves, right? It's, it's the state. Um, but I feel like it's important to have people at the local level when, when the state finally pulls through and does the right thing the right people in the local level to actually disseminate that money correctly. Um, but uh, what what makes me happy and proud to be where I am, truthfully, um, it's also kind of a negative thing, but I, but I find the positive in it is the people who who genuinely thank me for being there to be a voice for them. You know, I that I didn't run on LGBTQ issues. <laughs> um, I I was naive to how how di yeah. diversive oh my god divisive <laughs> it is here in Burrard County um, and how and the future of what would happen in our legislature. Um, but those students, you know, I had a parent call me the other day about something that was happening, and um, I could tell you know they got silent. They kept pausing because you know they didn't want to cry on the phone with me. And and all I just kept saying was, I'm here for you. I can't pretend what you're feeling how you would feel, but I'm here for you and I would do whatever you need. And and they asked me blatantly, what would you do if this was your child? And I said, I'd be pissed just like you. And I'm here for you. And I want you to know that. Um, and those are the moments that make me feel uh, grateful to be here, uh, that it's important that I'm here because I because I truly don't believe that they felt that that voice would have been there for them. Knowing you as I do, when I see that, and I, I've been there with the kids just like crying and an outsider might look at that and think you're enjoying the rock star centeredness of it. And I, and I know you, and it's, it's heartbreaking that these kids are crying out of gratitude to you because they shouldn't be. Yeah, they should This should just be. be their life, right? But they're, they are so grateful to know that you want them to have a safe place to go to school so that they can learn. Mm -hmm. um, that you want them, that, that all students, I remember one of those meetings where you turned around and pointed to the motto and said, our motto is to serve every student. It was when we were talking about the equity gap. That sign still annoys me. The yeah. wrong word is, is yeah. accentuated. It bothers me every time I look at it. The word is excellence, not student. Uh, student is student is highlighted versus the word every, and it drives right. me crazy every yeah. time I look at it. So I know that, that that, again, the things that are the most gratifying should not be. They shouldn't even be things, mm -hmm. right? You, you shouldn't be feeling gratified by the fact that you get to stand for our most disenfranchised kids because they shouldn't be the most they shouldn't be there should be no disenfranchised kids totally i mean another example is you know a, a large population of our minority community will come up to me and just thank me and praise me and i'm thinking what have i done right you haven't even done anything yeah i haven't done anything for you yet um but it's sad that like just being there and, you know, just being there and knowing I have their back is, is so impactful for them. And and I'm grateful to be that person. But but I do. I do have this burden, this guilt of 
I haven't done anything yet. But I hope is empowering. Is. Well, that's, that's just imposter syndrome. Everyone has it. Well, I mean, that's, that's because the things that you wanted to do. Yeah. You have, there's so many barriers. You keep getting, yeah. there's barriers, but then there was also the distractions that people were creating. Um, and there, I know that it's on your heart. I remember you, when you walked into a, a school that was definitely not underfunded and compared it to the school <laughs> your office was, and you were like, they have laminate floors and, and with transitions. <laughs> like that was appalling to you. It and a appalling. whiteboard in the pullout classroom. Yeah. Meanwhile, white, whiteboards in classrooms that aren't being used. Yeah. And we have classrooms in your smart boards, not whiteboards. Sorry. Yeah. Smart, smart boards. And we have, we have classrooms in your district that don't have working water fountains. Yeah. 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 That was, um, when I, I'm a former high school, stu- high school teacher. And a former high school student. That's uh-huh. how you, I was. That's a, how you I, became a former. I graduated. High school Ma- I graduated from Melbourne High, and I am ashamed to say that. Not really. Well, you shouldn't be. Yeah. No. But yes, I graduated from Mel High. I went through. Flag. The- <laughs> I went through I this entire that. school system. I got to work a semester at Edgewood, and that was a dream. But this was pre-Skeletor. Pre, you know. Before um, disan- Before um, Rick Scott dismantled our education yes. system. Yes. You know, there's actually, I just, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just thought of this, this other moment, you know, when you asked me what brings me satisfaction, why, why am I happy to be here? We had an event that I had nothing to do with. I'm not pretending I did, um, that our director of equity and diversity and inclusion, um, specialist Danielle McKinnon put together. It was our historically black colleges and universities night. And it was the most incredible feeling to be there Yes, because it was the most well-attended event I personally believe BPS probably has ever thrown in the evening for parent engagement. It was packed. We had to open up the back room like to, to make more space. But what was so incredible about it was not only the parents and the students that attended, was the representatives that were there for those historically black colleges and universities weren't even the colleges and universities themselves because it was from all over the nation. She gathered alumni in our community mm-hmm. from those colleges and universities to represent those colleges and universities. And it was just so incredible. And I stood in the back of that room and I and I turned to the superintendent and I said, you need to take a moment to be proud that you hired this woman in a very angry time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this incredible woman had the opportunity to throw an event like this and look at these families. These families are telling you they were waiting. They were waiting to know that they were going to be represented, yeah. that they were going to be supported. They were waiting for this moment. And um, that was that was that was a really cool moment. I had nothing to do with it, but it was amazing to have the opportunity to be there and experience it. Yeah, I just um, I, I just got my lovely Brevard County School survey. I may have touched on paying teachers more and teachers, <laughs> giving them less duties you know that giving like incentives to teach in um lower income schools you know the whole thing of yeah i, I just pay the teachers i just think it's rude to give anybody duties <laughs> oh my God. jamie joke that's coming to think jamie joke Bleh. so it's a juju <laughs> but the the thing is to remember that um, although school boards can negotiate with unions and use their funding to pay their teachers, they still can only work with what they have. Right. And we know that locally, our state legislature, led by Representative Fine, out of he wants to cut our budget. Fine, now I'm just going to think of that comment. Um, he doesn't want to cut our budget. He wants to reappropriate funds from Brevard County Schools to other schools that acted more appropriately in his eyes. Yeah. He wants to take your taxpayer dollars, if you're yep. a Brevard County um, parent or an Alachua County parent or a Broward County parent, and he wants to take the funds that you have that you have paid your taxes with all expectation that they'd be supporting your local schools, and he wants to take those funds and give them to counties that whose school boards behaved in a manner he thinks is appropriate. And the conversation, I asked if we could talk about the recall movement of the county charter um, Blaze Tredis, who is our um, public defender, is the one proposing the idea of being able to recall school board members. And he's saying, he said, I, I wrote it, it doesn't exist in our charter. And honestly, I don't know why not. I don't have a problem with it. And he said, um, I wrote the sta- wrote it very close to the state statute with one exception, because you you can recall many, many offices in the state of Florida. We're a charter county, so we have to do this. And um, 
you, you can recall for malfeasance, misfeasance, uh, felony, drug possession, all of these things that you can. And he said, and I think with school board, you should be able to recall them because you don't like the way that they vote because our school board members make decisions affecting the health of our children. And then as people kept getting up there and saying, we shouldn't be making our school boards recallable. Uh, he said, well, why should school board be different? Well, then I got up. And I'm like, I agree. Why should school board be different? You're the one that's making it different because you think we should be able to vote against the way they voted. Well, the reality is those votes are, we're not a surprise. This is all because of Jennifer. Nobody was surprised when they, when she wanted a mask mandate, the people that voted for her wanted that. And our county commission in 2019, a county commissioner asked the county commission to put a mask mandate in countywide. Now that was not voted for, but do I get to recall the rest of the county commissioners because they didn't vote with that? Or do I get to recall that county commissioner because he did want it? Because they're making health decisions for the whole county. It's all hypocrisy beyond imagination. And then he went on to talk about, uh, he said, they put masks on our kids. And his reasoning is that they would still have masks today if the governor hadn't uh, made his, his finally gotten approved in, in November. And I said, that's a, f I don't know whether you're being, whether you're acting out of malice or a lack of knowledge, either way, you should not be on this board because the reality is our mask mandate was lifted October, two weeks after it was put in place, it was put in for a parental opt-out. I looked at the dates and that was in mid-October because our transmission numbers had reached the 50 to 100,000, a pre-agreed upon metric when you first put well, that policy in Well, it was place. over. Because it was supposed to be what fifty percent? It's fifty to hundred thousand, and it was fifty point two. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And then we have, but that's the thing. But the reality is, they're now saying that in November, and so nobody ever, when they put it in place, it was never a permanent. It was always when yeah. you reach these numbers, it'll go to a parental opt out, and it was well before that was a law. So the the whole argument, just if you're listening to this and you don't know, the whole argument is yes, yeah, flag that. Sorry, the whole argument is baloney. Yes. <laughs> flag <laughs> uh yeah no i think when it comes to uh this charter review trying to recall school board members i think it's you know go ahead i, I don't really care i like <laughs> go for it um I, I i'm not threatened by it it's it's the principle behind it right yeah. it's the fact that you you believe that uh you 12 is it 12 people 15. i don't even know 15 you 15 people sitting up there um have authority over the entire county of 650,000 people uh, just is an absolute joke, um, especially you're like using false narrative to create your policy. I mean, never mind that, you know, ultimately, as a school board member, I'm elected by my district. Right. And so when 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 the majority of you don't even live inside of my district and you're making this decision to try and recall me, um, it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But go ahead. Waste time, waste taxpayer money. Um, go for it. Do any of them live in your district? Uh, just just the ones that are. Well, I don't even know. So I think one because they're county commission. They're county commission uh, elected, so but they don't have I, to. It live depends in that on county exactly. Either. County commission yeah. has to have two in their county commission. And Honestly, I have no idea. So, are you the type of person that, when they put all of this stuff against you, you just want to balk at them? Your stubbornness comes out. <laughs> I'll. I'll only when it's right. Like she's yeah. not yeah. going to fight a fight. Just no, a I fight don't fight a fight. A fight. She yeah. fights a fight if it's worth, if it's something right. she's believed in from the beginning. I've told people, you know, it. she's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. She's never lied to you ever. Yeah. yeah. You know, another important thing about that county commission thing too is never mind the fact that they're trying to do this, go for it. But at the exact same time, they are trying to change their own rules where they have to have 10 out of 12 votes to pass something. Yeah. I think it's 12. I don't think it's 15. There's 15 because there's three per county commission. Okay. Well, yeah. whatever. They're trying to change it so that, it, that they only need eight, which, um, would, which proves three county commission districts entirely to get something approved. And so it's just, they're just, they're proving that they know that that wouldn't have passed, that won't pass um, if they don't change that. So they're trying to do that simultaneously with this school board recall, which is just. Ridiculous. They're saying because eight would be a simple majority because there's 15 and eight would be a simple majority. Right now they have to have 10 members agree on something. And the reality is it's because there's three per county commission district. And we have five county commission districts. And if there's only eight votes required, you can completely disallow two county commission districts entirely. And that let me that guess, uh, Coco and Palm Bay. No, actually, I mean, it's really hard to know because the county commissioners can select people outside of their districts um, to represent them on the school board. That's I just know that I have a friend on that chart on that charter review commission. And he was the one that pointed out, no, we're not going to do that. And that's this is why. And he did a really logical fashion. 
That's good. Fun time. So yeah, um, to recap, Run. being a school board member is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. So fun. People get to, you know, tell you how awesome you are. All the time. All the time. All the time. But you would do it again. And now totally. we are, we have two people running to support, to join you on that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, we found them. And actually I found Jamie and Shelby at the same place at school board meetings because it has really energized people. What do you mean? Been. Someone running for school board would be at a school board Shocking. I, honestly, it is shocking because I know historically it speaking, that's not the reality. People I'll tell have, you right now, I haven't seen any of those other candidates sitting in that audience. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. One came occasionally. Nope. With, no. Nope. Not, con- yes, not, consistently. not consistently. Oh, not consistently. So sc- historically, school board has been a training ground for Republican candidates to run for higher office. Um, and, it's, and when Jennifer came to me and said, I want to run for school board, it wasn't, I want to run for office. Why not school board? And I got super excited about that. It was so fun running her race because like she was so focused on school board. And so finding people at school board meetings has been rewarding for me because that's my only experience with this, this candidate. Um, and these two are going to be like, it's, I will say at the meeting we had last week where they got to speak to the local Democrats, um, Aaron Dunn for school board district two and Kim have for school board district five and Erin Tom was wrapping up her and she opened up for questions and Jennifer said I just have one and I said yes Jennifer because the chair gets to recognize Miss Jenkins what would you like to say she said I just want to know which one of you wants to sit on the right and which one of you wants to sit on my left <laughs> <laughs> and so they had go. this vision it really is kind of <laughs> delicious you can choose to leave the center or not the so the dream is Misty Belford, who is a complete NPA. Sometimes I love her vote. Sometimes I don't, but I know I can trust her. So she would be on the school board and Jennifer Jenkins in District 3 and Erin Dunn in District 2 and Kim Huff in District 5. These are all four strong, opinionated, intelligent, cogent, verbal women Against and Matt Susan. No, he's cowering. No, he's not going to be there. You know it. No, no, he will be. And he'd just be cowering in the corner like he will not know what to do with himself. It's going to be so cute. Man, I miss fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) This is way more fun than fantasy football. It's fantasy school board. There you go. Before we wrap, what's coming up and how can we help? Okay. So our Palm Bay special election is Tuesday, Uh March 8th. And our listeners should be listening to this on Friday. So you've got a couple of days. If you live in Palm Bay, if you have not already voted and you have a mail ballot, please don't mail it. You can drop it off at the SOE office in Coggin, or you could just go vote in person on Tuesday. There will be no early voting. We're counting on every vote, every vote to make this happen. You all heard Phil speak a few weeks ago. He's, uh, he's, completely committed to his city. He'll be a great city council member. So we're doing that. And you can support us with that by, um, we've got door hangers that we want to leave on the door of every Democrat and friendly nonpartisan affiliated voter who has not yet voted. We're going to be doing that on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Jennifer and I are going to be teaming up because we're the best door hanger team out there. Um, And so we need people to hang those door hangers. It's not a conversation at the doors, although I'm going to tell you the conversation at the door is our secret sauce. And we need drivers to do that as well. And we're also going to be doing phone banking to make sure people get out to vote. And then just get out to vote yourself and show up and celebrate Tuesday night at Broken Barrel in Palm Bay. Ooh. So that's one thing you can do. And then our next Democratic Executive Committee meeting will be the fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 o'clock in the County Commission Chambers, where I get to sit in the chair's seat. Chair of the County Commission is Brian Lober. Also, uh, my secret sauce is unpronounceable because it's uh, Worcestershire. Rooster sauce sauce is what we used to call it. (laughs) My secret sauce is knocking on the door. The Republican (laughs) secret sauce is white young men and Jamie's is Worcestershire. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly have forgotten how to end these things. (laughs) So I don't know what you you say. say, uh, Thanks for listening. I, I don't know. I, I hope. Thanks I for listening. A, my yeah. daughter made her first YouTube video and she said, if you like what you see, like and subscribe. Oh my God. Uh, I, <laughs> She's five. We there were, you go. My, my, our, our kids do that too. Our, our six year old, like, this was a couple of years ago. He was just kind of like playing with toys and he was like, hey, um, if you like what we do here, like and subscribe. Yep. So there you go. If you there like you what we do here, like and subscribe and tell a friend. Uh-huh. Please. 
please. And email us because we're so lonely. I have our email, any our email, email addresses. Oh, email to send right. you some of mine. They're <laughs> I, have, I have so many email At addresses. Pushback pod. Push ahead. Push ahead pod. Oh my God. At push ahead pod. And I came up with a name. You don't even know your own name. I know. And I came up with e- e- push ahead pod. Yeah. Email us at pushaheadpod at gmail.com because I'm lonely. <laughs> oh. Oh. And if you like us, tell a friend and take care of yourself. And if you can, somebody else. Uh-huh. There you go. Are we done? Yeah. Yes. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. You're going to take this all out, all of it. <laughs> I'm going to say this out loud. Gay. I, I gay. Like gay. 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 Gay